Welcome to the Destinations with Donnie podcast, where we explore your cultural passions, destination home, cuisine, community, relationships, and passion. Embrace your cultural identity as we bring you the tools to live in full color. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Destinations with Donnie. I think you could probably hear it in my voice. I am so excited. I'm excited by the crew that we have here today. And all of this crew is involved with cultures. I was going to let them introduce themselves, but I'm going to introduce them because I want to talk about <laughs> their cross-culturalness and how they're part of Cultures Magazine. And I'm excited. Each of them brings a really unique perspective, not only to what we do at Cultures, but to what we're going to talk about today, which is da, 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 Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Yes, we're going to do all the finger snaps for that one. <laughs> and we have varying, varying views on the movie. And our thought is, you know, what was the what was the real message? What was it about? When I went to see it, and I've seen it twice, I saw it two days in a row. I won't tell you why I saw it twice. It wasn't on purpose, but I'm glad that I did. <laughs> Hayden knows. If y'all see Hayden on camera and you see him laughing, he knows why I had to see it twice. I missed parts of the movie, <laughs> so I had to go back. But I'm so glad I did. It was uh, just amazing for so many reasons. So without further ado, we're going to discuss Black Panther forever, and I'm going to each introduce each and every one of our panelists. So first of all, we will introduce Hayden Green, who is Director of Multicultural Affairs and Student Development at Manhattan College. So he has that perspective, as well as his own cross-cultural perspective. He's Trinidadian from the UK, lives in New York City, and like me, loves all of this stuff. We talk Lovecraft's country. We talk, um, oh, what's the other one with the smiley face that I always forget? Oh, thank you. How do I forget that name? And then, of course, now Black Panther. Um, he is also a photographer for cultures and did one of my favorite co covers. I think as of now, it's my favorite cover of all time. And that's when we flew to New York City uh, and met Hayden to tape or to shoot the cast of New Amsterdam, the multicultural cast of New Amsterdam. And it's it's iconic. The, the whole shoot was great. So welcome, Hayden. We are excited to have you here. He's also, if I didn't mention, our new pop culture columnist. So all the things, all the Lovecrafts, all the Watchmen's, all the Black Panthers, Hayden will be bringing it to us from a multicultural perspective. So next, I'm going to introduce Isis, who is the owner, let me see if I get this right. If I don't, please correct me, Isis. Um, the owner of the first ever black science fiction bookstore, which is based in California. Am I correct? Uh, yes, okay. like 98%. Yeah, it's based in cyberspace. So we're mostly online. So wherever you have oh, <laughs> Wonderful. And Isis, uh, actually, pitched us a column to do multicultural sci-fi books. That excited me so much. It's going to go so great with what Hayden does for us as well. And on the literary end, and we talked about how she has titles for Latin or Latin America or Hispanics, however you want to say it. I say Latinos, but um, 
being an Afro-Latina myself, but uh, Latin Americans, Asian Americans, and we especially will have a um, native focus for next year. We really want to bring more attention, attention to indigenous populations with cultures, and ISIS is already on it. So I'm excited to feature all of those things. She's going to bring that perspective to the conversation today. And then we have John Liang, who is our managing editor at Cultures. He also is managing editor for DeeperBlue.com, which is all about free diving and probably other stuff. John, you could tell us because I don't know about that stuff. However, what is fantastic about that for today um, is that John will bring that perspective of free diving and holding your breath underwater, all the things they had to do for the film that he had insider information on and really got me going with all the tips that he had. He recently was at a conference and really doubled down on that information. John actually is Guatemalan and Asian. Uh, he's a third culture kid who lived in how many countries, John, growing up? Five, I think it was five. five. Guatemala, okay. Costa Rica, Connecticut, <laughs> Panama, Connecticut, Morocco, and Egypt. And I consider Connecticut a foreign country in and of itself. Yes! Oh gosh, no, he did it. No, he did it. He just said it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one, John. One day, one day you and I will get together and talk about the New England states and how it should just be one state. Oh, oh my God. You should watch my sister's play. This is now, now on video that, that ta- where she talks about growing up as a TCK and about specifically about, you know, Southern you know, New England. Yeah. Yeah, we really sh- actually should have your sisters play. We featured it in the magazine, but we probably should do a screening with it. It's it's phenomenal. But yes, that is John. You can see all the perspectives he brings to this conversation today. And last but not least, definitely not least, my right hand, my right brain is, or is it left brain creative? Left brain's creative, right? So it's Diana Vega. <laughs> She's in Merida, Mexico, and she's the art director for Cultures. <laughs> And uh, Diana is amazing on every level. However, the perspective she brings today, first of all, she's a third culture adult. She went to do her master's at Colorado State University in the United States. So left Merida, went there, and then really experienced what repatriation was like after living in the United States for years and going back to Mexico. And her parents, just how it affected the whole family. It's interesting. We have a story on dogs and how that really helps with that process and grieving, not just grieving, but also any time that you have to make a big change like that. People don't realize the toll that it takes on you physically and mentally. So Diana is a third culture adult. Of course, she's cross-culture because she's from Mexico. And more than just Mexico, she's from the Yucatan. So she has amazing, <laughs> oh God, we, we had great conversations with the perspective she brings to this film because Kuku Khan, who is part a big part of this movie, and all the indigenous perspective, in addition to the, the, the uh, me- ah, I'm losing my, my words, Mexican perspective of this movie, I'm looking forward to Diana sharing that with us. So thank you. You see, we have an amazing and illustrious panel. We're going to get started. So my first question will be, and I think I'll just go, I'm going to, I'm going to pick somebody so we don't have a free, free for all. The first question is going to be, what did you all think with the, of the movie? I'm going to start with John from his perspective. I thought it was very good, um, given the constraints that they had to work with. I mean, given that Chadwick Boseman passed away, um, they held, they they handled that the issues of grief really, really well. Um, the action scenes were great. 
Um, I thought the underwater scenes were really, really well done. It, clearly, their trainer, his name is Alex Linas, who is, uh, or Ginas, I mean, two L's at, at, in his last name. Um, he's Colombian-American. He was uh, born and raised in Colombia, is, has several national and continental re freediving records, and he's one of, the, one of the principal trainers for all the cast, and mainly Daniel Suerta, uh, Mabel Cadena, and all the other um, indigenous folks who were actually underwater. Um, so that that's what I was actually playing. That that was my goal to go and see and this, to see what it, what it would look like. And it, they did a very good job of blending the actual underwater shots with shots that were you know CGI or you know more animated style. But fantastic. I really liked it. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic! I love that. Isis, your thoughts? I loved it. Um, I think in my mind, like people ask me, "Do you like one more, or two more?" And I think like. It's like trying to pick a favorite for kids. It's like, you can't pick a favorite. Um, I love the way they brought in some of the themes of the comic books. So Shuri becoming Black Panther is, something, is a theme from the comic book. So I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the reference to the Midnight Angels and their queerness and seeing that um, in the movie. That was fantastic, especially for like a major Black film, um, a blockbuster film. Um, so... That was exciting. And I also enjoyed seeing like Riri Williams, um, you know, the new Iron Man and Shuri like do science together and talk about diffusion and just being like nerds and that being celebrated. So I, there's a lot of things. I loved the diasporaness of this film versus the first film. So like they have scenes in Haiti that like we get to see um, this Native American, underworld, kingdom. So that was amazing. And see some of that lore. So there's so many rich aspects of Wakanda forever. I I wish that um, Neymar wasn't fighting Shuri for most of the film. So Brian Coogler, if you're out there, like if we could have that, like have that interaction and it'd be more peaceful in future films, that would be awesome. But other than that, I absolutely loved everything about it. It's funny that you say that because I agree. I really wanted them to come together. It was interesting reading some of the comments on different perspectives and interviews online because a lot of people made, made this comment. I felt the same way. Like when um, someone brought up um, uh, the Sebastian the Crab from, um, what's that movie? The Little Mermaid. Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. The, the Little Mermaid. Um, let, let me show you the world shining, sh shimmering, splendid, like that that part of the movie where the song comes on. And um, it was like a romantic scene. It's like, oh, let me show you my world. And, you know, everybody was waiting for, for Shuri and and um, this god to get together. You know, I was, I was like, I think I'll be a couple. But um, it's interesting you say that because I wanted them to be peaceful. I wanted them to bring it together. And I loved the ending in that they made peace. I don't know that I liked that he had to yield to do that, but I like that they came together. What's interesting about that, we're going to go to Diana because her perspective was a little bit different. What were your thoughts of the movie and how did you think about them coming together, Diana, at the end? I mean, the thing is that I it was it was an event for me kind of watching that movie because I've never seen the the Mayan culture represented in a big Hollywood movie because most of the times they use it like as an excuse or background story or like a cartoon. So at the beginning, I was really apprehensive to go to watch the movie. I was like, mm, I don't know what they're going to do about it. 
So I was like, okay, I waited to watch the movie, but then my sister was like, yeah, yeah, go watch it. And I was like, okay, okay, I will give it a try. And then I went, and they started talking about Kukulkan, and they started mentioning, like, Mayan gods, and I started speaking in Maya, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, at that moment, I, I wish so much that I knew more Mayan words. I knew, like, so basic Mayan words that we use, like, every day, but I don't, I cannot speak Mayan, right? And then at the end of the credits, when they have the, the Mayan rap song, I was like, oh. and then I, I went to YouTube and looked for it and everything. I've been like listening to it. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I need to learn more Mayan, like definitely make me feel proud about it and more curious about my own culture. Because for people to be about Mayan is like uh, discrimination or to be less in a way, but then showing our culture like so big. Like I was like, oh, no, I need it. I need it more. So I was, I was really excited, and I see all the representation. As an architect, I also watched like how they have the Mayan houses. I, it wasn't pointed out on the movie, of course, but I was like, oh, look at that. But then I was, I was, I was so happy. I was so happy about the movie. And then, but the thing is that <laughs> I was, I was telling Donnie. That <laughs> at the end of the movie, I, I didn't agree. I see saying next. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of that feeling like when you're in the soccer World Cup, where you're like supporting your own country. Even if you don't like soccer, you have to be there for Mexico. I even have like Mexico, Mexico soccer thing that like only wear during World Cups. I was like during the movie, yes, no more win. <laughs> you need to win. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I missed the complete goal or message of the movie. I was just like so excited and so happy for having Tenoch Huerta there. And like, yes, you have to win. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like that that proud inside of me. He want, I want him, him to be the hero at the end of the movie. <laughs> but he was the hero, but he was the hero Great, man. They were together. I love that they did it together. That's what the world needs more of, Deanna. You can't be so competitive. <laughs> but I agree with Deanna. Like, you... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, ahead, but I agree with Deanna. Yeah, I agree with Deanna because for a second I was like, wow, you have this historic Mayan representation and a major Hollywood blockbuster film and then he has to be defeated. Like, I felt something. I was like, I'm happy that Sherry won, but I also did not want Pukukan to lose, right? And, yes, you know, yes. like I wanted them both to win. I didn't want it to be at the expense of the other. Well, I think Hayden has something to say about that. Go ahead. So Donnie knows, Donnie knows my writing and Donnie knows the way that I look at movies and film and, and TV and the rest of that. Um, and I love taking it a, a level down, right, uh, just under the, under the surface, which is actually what, what we're, we're going to call the, the, culture, um, uh, the culture articles, you know, just really taking it one, one level down and trying to dig into things. And I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I opened up the article that I just wrote for, for Cultures about the movie in that I saw the movie and there was absolute silence in the movie theater, right? And if you know anything about going to, go to see movies with people of the African diaspora, we don't keep quiet in movies. 
We are laughing. We're joking. We're yelling out instructions. We're giving warnings. You know, so it's it's this Don't culture. go there. It's a trap. Exactly. So it's and I've never been in a movie where the entire crowd of black people, which is completely silent, in complete awe, in complete reverence, they understood what was being put in front of them. And so this movie had a lot of things to stand up to, stand up to. And, you know, the expectations of honoring Chadwick, the expectations of following up from a blockbuster movie, the expectations of carrying on the, the, the bloodline of the Black Panther so that we could keep on having Black Panther movies. So there was a lot of, lot of stuff on top of it. But in addition to that, it had the, the, uh, the, the idea of we're going to reimagine some age-old characters and really bring uh, representation into a movie in a non-hokey way. And this is the thing that's, that was really important about this movie. Uh, you know, uh, Tanakh's character, Namor, uh, you know, they give Namor, they take Namor out of Atlantis and they, and they, uh, they move it into a, th- this Mayan culture. But they don't do it in a hokey way where it's just like, oh, forget, forget about how you knew Namor. We're going to we'll do it this way. They had Mayan, um, Mayan consultants on set making sure that the language was correct. Um, John just talked about the fact that they had divers on set to make sure that the diving scenes looked better, right? Which is what they should have used for Aquaman, uh, which, is, oh, my God, that movie was awful. Um, <laughs> so... I shouldn't be throwing shade. Anyway, whatever. Uh, But, uh, so in the article that I just wrote, one of the things that we talked about is that we we are looking at representations of two two people that experience colonization or the attempt of colonization on their cultures, right? And one of the things that we see in real life and historic, in, in, in real history, is that oftentimes the people who are left as the remnants of colonization tend to fight each other and not the person who actually did the colonizing, right? So you have these, you have these two warring brothers and sister nations uh, trying to pick up where the, the colonizers left off and sometimes forgetting that the real enemy or the real people who have caused them pain and anguish are the people who came in and stripped their country and now have pitted them against each other. And it is not by accident, right? So at the end of the movie, when I see uh, uh, Namor and the Mayan culture acquiesce to Suri, it's not a loss. I think Mm. in my mind, it's a place where they recognize, wait a minute, why are we fighting each other? Right. That's that would be the loss. The loss would be for one of those to be, we're going to decimate another culture because that's what the, the colonizers wanted anyway. Let's get rid of all of the people so we can take the resources of the land, right? So I think that that recognition is a win for both of, for both of those cultures. And if you keep, keep watching, there's a strategy in it. He says, to, he says to his second in command, listen, when they go to war with the people who have been trying to get their vibranium, they're going to need backup. And that's when they'll come back to us and we'll be in a position of power. So it was very Machiavellian the way that he was looking at the whole thing. It wasn't, I might lose this battle right here, but we're gonna be in a much stronger place if I acquiesce, if I yield in this moment. But I do think that that was a place of strength and not weakness because it allowed for his people to live 
it allowed for uh, Wakandans to live. And so I think that it, it opened up much more possibilities. And, and, I, and, and so for me, it wasn't a loss. I didn't see it as a loss in that, in that piece. And in case, you're asking, in case you're asking me, I absolutely love this movie. Not a dry eye in the theater. People cutting onion uh, under my chair the whole nine yards. It was beautiful. <laughs> you had a comment. You have a comment, Isis. Yeah, Hayden, I thought, like, your comments are so insightful. And I, I do agree with that. Like, Wakanda Forever did give us, ultimately, that strategic alliance between Wakanda and Tolokan. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that close to right. Um, and correct me. I think my biggest problem was the scene where they're in the desert and Sherry has ripped up the scene where they're in the desert, right? And I think that could have been augmented to like, there's a meeting of the minds and much like when she had that conversation with M'Baku and she's like, this is my strategy. This is what we're gonna do. And M'Baku was like, I don't agree with that. And she's like, we gonna do this anyway. And he's like, I don't agree. I hope you change your mind, but bet. Like, we're here. Like I like I respect you as a leader. And I think had the dialogue between Shuri and um Neymar been more along those lines where he like still had agency and choice and actively decided, like in in that confrontation confrontation to work with Shuri, I would have felt I would have felt more empowered. I would have felt more excited. I am glad that at the end, like when he's having that dialogue with one of his community members, he's like, this is intentional. This is a sh this is a long-term strategy and I'm excited this is the, the end. But I wish that happens like er a little bit earlier. Well, I mean, I think Hayden brings up such a great point. I mean, this is how, you know, first we have to remember that um, Namor saw anyone on the surface is the enemy, right? So then when he comes up and he's like, oh, the air's so pristine, you know, what were you doing? Why did you uh, let the world know who you are? And which is interesting because that's exactly opposite of the theme of the last movie, which is we need to let the world know who we are, right? And um, so there was a switch in him with that where he sees, okay, these people are more like us than the rest of the people on the surface. But there's still, think about it. I mean, if you spent your whole life, in his case, how many, how long has he been alive? Like, millennia? Centuries. I don't know, how long? Yeah. <laughs> um, so to switch on a dime like that, there's still going to be remnants of what you thought in the past, and that's going to make you want to fight for your people, your beliefs, your culture. And so I think it takes time, just like the last movie, the Wakandans had the whole movie to switch how they felt for, again, however long, centuries, millennia, whatever, um, which is that we shouldn't let people know how fabulous we are, <laughs> right? I mean, think right. about that, actually, if you think of it, um, and I'm sure Deanna would agree, uh, think about uh, any brown culture, like, let's not, they don't need to know how fabulous we are. We're good, we good, right? <laughs> but now they know, and now they're coming after you, right? And that's his, his point, I think. But either way, I think 
now that we're talking it through, it makes sense. It's going to take some time to switch what you've thought for so long. And I'm glad that they finally came together, even though he did. I mean, he yielded. But, I, you know, as a woman, that was kind of cool, though. She had the spear to his throat. She wouldn't play with him. He he put a spear through her belly. He's like, she, oh, is that how we going to do it today? She said, let me come back. Here's a bomb. Boom. I just dried <laughs> out your whole body. <laughs> but listen, I, I will I will say this. And, and one of the things that you have to remember. So, again, remember what I said, that the movie has so much to live up to. On one hand, we're watching a cultural representation, and all of this stuff is under is overlaid on it and is foundational to its to the storyline. But there's canon that we still have to pay attention to, right? So we can't go go forth and say it was like, oh well, this should have happened because at the end of the day, this is still a story that's already been written. It's 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 a story that has a very um, uh, structured. Um, lineage right so that you can't stray way too way too far away from it and the other side of it too remember we're watching a movie called wakanda forever right so it wasn't like talokan forever it was wakanda forever oh so yeah you kind of expect that wakanda's gonna come out on the top you know you know you gotta reframe your mind sometimes it's not a historic It's, it's not a historical movie. And I also, I, wanted, I also wanted Killamonger to like come back and like, like you know. So I'm 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 a I'm a sucker for like the antihero or like the empathetic villain. So that's that's me. I well, also Killmonger wanted did come back. Killmonger came back. He came back and gave Shuri some direction. I would I wanted him to be alive in this point. Not like I mean I'm happy he made an appearance, but I was like when he when he showed up in the ancestral plane, I was like, Oh, Kilimanjaro is gone, gone, right? <laughs> I wanted him to be with us, but I, I always root for Auntie, like Doctor X and Magneto. I want them to like be best friends again at some point. So yeah, that's I'm always here for reconciliation. <laughs> Thanks for listening or watching Destinations with Donnie. Show your support by rating this episode on your podcast platform, wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to get notifications of new episodes because you don't want to ever, ever miss out on any of this cross-cultural goodness.